center of the universe and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Oh, boom, 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 and boom. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the father of five human kids, and I have been able to sequester to uh, really hold hostage uh, one one of my kids. My my oldest child here, Havana, is on the show today because Dr. Robert Zellner is out expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire all week this week. He's going to be uh, out there uh, doing some ongoing education uh, to uh, maintain his optometry certification, that kind of thing. And so we are filling in. He has some big shoes. He has some big shoes to fill. And I looked at Havana's feet. I looked at his feet, and I realized that, that, that his, her feet might just fit his shoes. And so my daughter's on the show today. Havana Clark, how are you? I am doing great. Now, uh, I want to ask you this because I think a lot of the Thrivers out there want to know. Uh, rumor has it you just returned from Camp uh, Coconut, uh, Camp uh, uh, up there in near Branson, Missouri, Camp, uh, Captain uh, Camp Coconut. Tell us about your, your camp experience at Camp Coconut. Well, it's actually pronounced Camp Canacuck, but if you'd like to pronounce it wrong, you can pronounce it Coconut. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. So Camp Canacuck, uh, they, uh, uh, was, and then was, it st- was, was, was it founded by... Uh, uh, anybody with any type of relationship to the coconut? Was there? Where did I get the coconut no, idea? No, it, it was not. It just it happens to sound like it if you say it wrong. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. And so we're talking today about slow-cooked success, the history of J.K. Rowling. Now, it, it, do, you, do you pronounce that rolling or, or is it rowling? It is rolling. So you, if you were to say rowling, it's wrong because it's J.K. Rowling. Yes. Now, who is this person? Why should the Thrive Nation want to hear about the success and the history of J.K. Rowling? Well, J.K. Rowling is the author of many successful books, um, such as the Harry Potter series. And oh, so she's the Harry well Potter series. Now, yeah. the Harry Potter series, this is just for the Thrivers out there who don't know. She sold over 400 million copies of that book. That's a that's a lot of books. I mean, Bean, if you thought about it, if you took all those books and you put it in like the uh, Tulsa University football stadium, it'd probably fill up that whole stadium. I mean, 400 million books is quite a few uh, pieces of paper. Now, why did you read this book? What 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 occurred to you? Uh, when did you get the idea that you needed to read a book about the author J.K. Rowling? Well, I enjoy reading history books about people who have made it successful. So. Uh, you actually took me to the store and bought me like 10 of those, and that was one of them. And it's very, very interesting. It took her about seven years to become successful. Now, where, uh, how often do you and I go to the bookstore to get it? Is it every, is it every couple months? Is it every month? How often are we going Probably to Barnes & Noble? about every month and a half we go there and get like 15. Okay, now have you read all the ones we got you recently? Have you, have you finished reading all the books? I actually have like two more to read. Two yes. more? And are you writing reports right now, or are you sloughing off? No, I'm writing reports. And how much money do you get per report? $10. $10. Okay, so you're earning you're earning some money reading the books in Thrive Nation. One thing I love uh, about the game of entrepreneurship is teaching other people how to do it, including my family. And so Havana, in the future, can you tell the Thrivers about Havana's house? What's your, what's your big vision? What's your big game plan? I mean, I, I know you're 12 now, but any moment. I mean, maybe, maybe I, I predict before the age of 16 it's going to be a thing. But what is, what is Havana's house? What's that vision? So Havana's house is my animal rescue uh, group where we rescue animals and find them a home that works for the owner and 
the uh, pet. So I'm learning how to train dogs so that I can make that easier for the person who's adopting and the pet. So you're already interning right now. You're already actually actively learning how to train dogs. Yes. Where do you do this at? Are you are you just running around town picking up random people's dogs and start training them, or where, where are you where are you getting access to this uh, tip top dog training uh, internship? I'm learning actually at Tip Top Canine, which is really great. So if you need your dog trained, definitely go there. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so you're you're 12 years old. You're figuring out the game of life. And when you read this book, I know it's hard to remember back to the second when you first read this book about J.K. Rowling. But what were some of the things that jumped out to you that you thought, man, that is just I can't believe I cannot believe that. Well, I cannot believe how long it took. Like, from the time she came up with an idea, it literally took seven years the time that the book was actually published. So, Thrive Nation, we're talking today about the slow-cooked success of J.K. Rowling. So, if you're listening right now and your business idea hasn't taken off yet, you know what? You're not an idiot. Some people are out there listening going, I feel like an idiot. I started a business and I've been in business for three years and I haven't made a profit. Well, okay, fun factoid. Square uh, is the company there, uh, uh, being they use it to charge credit cards. So you'll see people plug the little thing into their smartphone, and they can use it to charge credit cards. Do the guys at Tip Top do that? Have you ever seen them use that machine? I have not, but I believe that they use it because I'm not really in the office. So. Well, Square was founded in 2009, and they lost $100 million uh, before 2013, being $100 That's a big check. All right. And so what happened is they just continued to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose, getting more and more venture capital. And then in 2015, in 2015, they looked like they would keep losing money. But these guys finally turned it around. And so it took the guys at Square many, many years, from 2009 to 2015, before they made a profit. A little fun factoid for you. Bean, have you ever heard of that company? Have you ever heard of the company called FedEx? I have. Well, you know, FedEx was started by Frederick W. Smith, and he first came up with an overnight delivery company back in 1962. Now, Bean, I know at the age of 12, you guys probably haven't even learned any math at all. So I probably have a monopoly on the math knowledge. But in 1962, we had the idea to start uh, FedEx while he was attending Yale University. And then he took him until 1975. Oh, took him from 1975 until he made a profit. Bean, how long would that be from 1962 to 1975. I mean, if you're just doing the math right there, how long, how many years is that? Is that two years? I believe Three. that's 12 years. 13 years. Oh, 13. oh, oh. So here's the deal. FedEx took 13 years to make a profit. So if you're listening right now, don't stress out. You know, have you ever heard of this little, this little company called Amazon.com? Yes, I have. Do we have some, didn't we just get some stuff shipped in from Amazon.com this week? We did. I feel like we bought a whole bunch of chicken food and stuff off there. So. A whole bunch of chicken. Is mom buying chicken food from there now and not Amazon? Is that what she's doing? Or not well, not from not from Atwoods? Well, I, I told her we have to go to Atwoods still, but we did buy a little bit off Amazon. Oh, come on. Why did she do that? Why aren't we going to At- Atwoods? Bean, Atwoods is our favorite store. Am I, I know. N- it is. Bean, why do you love Atwoods so much? I love Atwoods because they have a whole bunch of baby geese and chicks and stuff there. Now, what was described, for anybody who's not been to Atwoods before, what does it feel like? Describe the mojo, the atmosphere of Atwoods that keeps Camp Clark and the, the, the entire Camp Clark and Chicken Palace staff, a.k.a. my wife and I and our five kids. What keeps us coming back there week after week? Well, they always have music playing, so there's some good mojo. The people are super-duper nice. They have great customer service. 
and they just have great stuff. Oh, they have great stuff. If you haven't been to Atwoods and Broken Arrow by Lynn Lane, you got to get out there. It's so good. But, you know, in 1994, Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos started Amazon being out of his garage. garage. Oh, out of his garage. And do you know when he first made a profit? When did he first make a profit? I do not know. 2003. That is a total of 1994. From 1994 to 2003, that would be a total of uh, nine years. You know, when he ran out of money, he actually had to turn to his own mom and dad to get him to invest their entire life savings into his business. But the, I, the, the concept here I want to share with you, Thrivers, is that he lost, check it out, he lost money over and over and over for nine years. So if you're out there listening today and you want to start a successful company, you're not an idiot if you haven't made money on year one or two or three, but you probably need a business coach. Now, being you, you see me coach with business owners all the time. You see me work with companies. From your you know, 12-year-old perspective, why does somebody need a business coach? I think someone needs a business coach because you're not going to know everything. You can't remember everything. You can't do everything yourself. You need someone to remind you what to do, show you, refresh you. On certain things, you need an outsider's opinion so that you know how everything looks. Ooh, notice you said the word pinion, which is my favorite kind of wood to burn. <laughs> Good job. Way to, way to segue that in there. Now, today we were editing a testimonial video, a video from a real thriver, a real business coach client by the name of Dr. Joe. And beat isn't Dr. Joe the man who puts the braces in your face? He is. He also pulled out some of my teeth. Did he pull out some teeth of yours before you were ready? I was not ready, but, I mean, he did a great job, so. What was his trick to convince you it was time to pull out the teeth? What, 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 did, he, what did he say to you? Oh, he'd just be talking, like, no big deal, and then he'd just take them out, and then I didn't even know they were out, and he's like, okay, good day, have a good day. Do you feel like that, that he enjoys pulling teeth? Oh, I think he does. Okay, so, but being, when he was talking about, um, he sent us a nice little testimonial video sharing what we've been able to do for him in his orthodontic clinic. What kind of stuff did he say we've been doing for him? Do you remember? Well, he said that he felt like you uh, will help with his uh, website, made it nice and clean, easy to follow. People who went to the website knew what they were expected to do to sign up. It wasn't like a confusing website where you don't know what to click, where to go. Very straightforward, made it a lot easier for him to grow his business. So if you're listening right now and you're an orthodontist or a dog trainer, we highly recommend you sign up for our one-on-one -on -one business coaching evaluation. It's free, and you can find out more about it at thrivetimeshow.com. And my, my wonderful 12-year-old daughter, she cannot tell a lie. She's, she's being accurate. She actually goes to an orthodontist that we work with, and she actually interns for a company, Tip Top Canine, that we work with. So these are real things. But let's get back to the JK rolling story as we talk today about slow cooked success and again if you're if you're struggling to make a profit don't stress out did you know being tesla you know Bean, do you know what tesla is uh, i do not it's the car company Bean, Bean, why do you know about tesla why, why i filled you as a father i thought it was a rocket company oh that, that's spacex but uh, spacex was started by elon musk and uh, Tesla was a company that he took over. But Tesla did not make a profit between 2003 and 2013. It didn't make a profit for 10 years. And it took J.K. Rowling almost, what, seven years, Bean, to get her book published? Yes, very long time. Okay, so Bean, I'm going to break it down for you here. J.K. Rowling, she did not have a middle name. So she came up with a middle name so that she could use the K in her initials. That way, boys would want to read her stuff. What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? Well... 
uh, the publishers were afraid that boys would not want to read the books if they knew it was written by a girl. So she just used her initials. That's why she's under J.K. Rowling and not her entire name. What about uh, girls? Would girls want to read a book written by boys? Or what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I really don't know. I don't really look at the author unless I've read their books and I think they're really good. So how would you know what book to read if you haven't read the book before? Well, I ask people for their suggestions. Mm. I get word of mouth. What are you? What are your some? What are, what are, you, have, you have a favorite fiction book you're reading right now? Favorite fiction book series when you're sneaking off and not reading those uh, books about people of historical significance? Well, I really like the Mysterious Benedict Society. I've finished all those books, but those are really good. How many books were there? Uh, I think there were three, and then there was like a book with like quizzes and stuff in it. So I did that one too. Nice. Okay, so J.K. Rowling was born in 1965. And what happened was is that she had this idea that she was going to start becoming a writer someday. So as a child, she often wrote fantasy stories, which she frequently uh, uh, read to her sister. And her mother was a lab technician, and her dad actually worked as an, as an aircraft or at an aircraft engine plant. That's what, that's what she did. A little fun factoid. She wrote her first, first book about a rabbit named Rabbit. What? A rabbit named Rabbit at the age of six when her mother praised her work, she just stood there and thought, well, uh, we should probably get that thing published then. I mean, she tells the story, but basically she wrote a book, her first book called The Rabbit. Her mother says, you know, that, that book was really good. So she, so, so she thought to herself, I should probably get that thing published. But that's kind of where that spark started. She was age six and she started writing. And if you're listening right now, I don't care what your spark is. I know that you have the capacity and the tenacity to become successful. But it took Jay Rowling seven years to get published. I don't know how long it's going to take you to get published or to have the success you want, but do not stop. You must have an insistence on persistence. My name is Clay Clark, and you're listening to The Thrive Time Show. Stay tuned. Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is The Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, a business coach who now writes for Forbes magazine. I've been uh, featured in Fast Company. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. I mean, I've been featured in such movies as... Uh, okay, too many to name, really. No, but seriously, I'm a father of five human kids, and I'm an entrepreneur who's had some success, and my entire... Vision, my entire focus, my entire game, my entire business, uh, you know, what, I, what my entire energy is devoted to helping you start and grow a successful business. And then when I am not doing business, my entire focus is making sure that my kids grow up to not be idiots and to be successful. And that's tough to do because we live in a world out there that's very challenging, a lot of crazy stuff going on. And so occasionally I let my kids leave the, the, the Clark bubble. I let, I let them leave the Camp Clark and a chicken palace bubble to go out into the lean, mean world of life and to uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, discover how life is, to to go out there and, and discover what's going on. And so recently we sent our daughter, we allowed our daughter to leave the Camp Clark and Chicken Palace bubble to go to Camp, Bean, was it Camp Connecticut? No, it was Camp uh, Canacuck, but if you want to continue to pronounce it wrong, that is completely fine with me. Awesome. Okay, so you went out there to Camp Canacuck. And uh, describe for the Thrivers out there, what, what did it look like? I mean, what's, what's the atmosphere? What's the ambiance of Camp Canacuck? Well, Canacuck is really cool because there's always someone on the speaker, um, like 
doing an interview with someone. And it's a Christian camp, so it's really nice. They have a lot of good values and stuff there. They had these whole bunch of crazy things you could do. Like you could do the faith pull, the zimmy shimmy, which I did. I'm very proud of myself for doing that. And a whole bunch of other things. Okay, let's talk here, Miss Non-Humble. The, 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 the first off, the, the faith pole. What's the faith pole? The faith pole, you climb up this pole. You How get tall up is there. the pole? The, I don't know. I, I'm really bad at judging feet. Okay, well, a basketball goal, if it stands up all the way, is like 10 feet. Yeah, so probably the, like 20, the roof 30. Of the, the roof of our house that you sometimes climb up on is probably 20 feet. How, was it taller than the roof of our house? It was probably about the height of the roof of our house. Okay, so probably 20 feet tall-ish. Yeah. Okay, what what was the point of this this pole? What were you doing up there? Well, so you get up there, and then you, you climb, and then you have to, like, get on your stomach, and then you stand on your feet, and then you have to jump off the pole, and, I mean, you're on, like, someone's holding you, so you're not actually going to, like, fall. But then you have to try to get on a trapeze, and I, I didn't even go for the trapeze. I'm just like, I'm going to get up there, I'm going to jump, and then I'm going to say I did it. So I did that, and I'm you never going to do it again, but I'm glad <laughs> I did it. So a little, a little crazy. Now, what was the... Uh, shimmy was it the, the the shimmy? What was it called? The, the shimmy, 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 shimmy. The zimmy, sh- shimmy. The zimmy, shimmy. Yes. What was that? The zimmy, shimmy is a straight down water slide where you go almost straight down, and then you like just turn a little bit up at the end, and you actually fly off the water slide. Mm. So that was really scary. But I was the first camper of the second term to do that. Nice. And I only went because there was no line. So get you a plaque. The first camper of the second term to do that. Yeah, I, I will be on the plaque with tons of other people who went the first time of that term. Now, Thrive Nation, if you're just joining the conversation, today we're talking about the slow-cooked success of J.K. Rowling. Now, she's the lady who sold over 400 million copies of the Harry Potter book series. But before that, she wanted to get published. And she basically, because of the way that they do it over there in England, um, is she was on uh, state support. She was receiving state benefits. She couldn't afford to feed herself without those state benefits. And she basically was divorced. She was raising her her daughter by herself. And, And being in her book, she talks about she actually contemplated suicide. Am I right? Yes, which is very extreme. So she's at the bottom of the barrel. And it took her seven years to get her book published uh bean why did it take her so long in your opinion why why, what was was she doing something wrong was she not a good writer uh should she have just given up i mean why do you feel like that she took seven years to get published well she took most of that time actually perfecting the book writing it going over because the seven years started when she thought of the character she didn't have the story written so she started perfecting the book and then when she got closer to that seven year the end of that seven year period she started writing to publishers and finding someone who would want to do her publisher book. And she found someone and they published it, but she had perfected it so that they'd actually want to read it because no one wants to read like a really bad book. No one wants to do that, even if it could be something great. And when she uh, started getting rejection letters, uh, she actually wrote that she took her first rejection letter and put it on her kitchen wall so that she could have something in common with other favorite writers because the rejections won't stop if you are persistent you're going to get rejection rejection if you're ambitious you're going to get rejection if you are 
Uh, anybody who wants to achieve anything above mediocrity, you're going to get some rejection. You're going to have some adversity. You're going to have some pushback. It's going to be harder than you think to get where you want to go. And I encourage you to push through. But I have my daughter, uh, Havana. She's, she's 12. I always have her read these books of, about people of historical significance. And Bean, uh, why do you feel like as a 12-year-old daughter, your, your brain is fully functional now. You know what's going on. You kind of know what your dad's up to. You kind of are picking up on the vibe, you know, kind of my scams and schemes, kind of my ways. Why am I having you read books about people who have achieved massive success? Well, if you don't know how people got where they went, you won't ever know how to get there or how to avoid going places. So um, I want to do an animal rescue. So I'm learning. You're teaching me how to get there, how to have my goals, how to have my values, not just be drifting around on the ocean. So just, you know, know where you want to go, figure out how to get there and learn how to get where you want to go. Now, as you've read some of these books, I'm sure there's some that jump out to you and you say, okay, I read this autobiography about this person and man, they had it rough. What are a few that just, you, you, you read the autobiography and you thought to yourself, this person had every reason to give up, but they didn't. Well, Stevie Wonder, he was um, born blind. He could not see. And uh, the doctors couldn't help him see or anything. So he just learned to live with it. But many people feel bad for themselves for, like, nothing. Like, they just cut their leg or whatever, and they're like, this is the end of the world. Well, he was blind, and he actually went to an audition, and they actually signed him because he was so happy to play. He was smiling. He was... All happy. He taught himself all the instruments that he knew how to play. He never had any lessons. So that was really interesting. A blind guy taught himself to play the instruments. He did. What is another, Do you have another book that you've read, another autobiography where you read and you thought, man, that one was, whew, that was pretty rough. Do you have anyone? I, I, I hate to put your 12-year-old mind on the spot. So I'm just putting you on the mic. Not on the spot, but on the mic. Do you have any other examples where you said to encourage the thrivers out there of anybody you've read about they had, they, 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 who had to push through some adversity? Well, definitely just like people like Washington. They had struggles that like may not seem as big, like just everything. I mean, random things would happen with their family. People would die. Um, one of the presidential guys, I forget his name, but one of the founding fathers of America, a lot of his siblings died when he was like five. And he was close to a lot of them, but they just died. Benjamin Franklin him and his brother had a really bad relationship. His son um, disagreed with him on a lot of politics, so they had a really bad relationship. Just things like that. It could be family life or physical or anything like that. But if you're listening right now, Thrive Nation, I promise you that you are going through some kind of adversity that super successful people have been through. I've been through some crazy adversity, and I know that you have been too. So we come back. We come back. We're talking more about the success of J.K. Rowling and how she turned her Harry Potter dreams into reality and how you can too. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and I'm a business coach. Thrive Nation, and welcome back into the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year. And we are talking today about the secret success, the secrets to success of J.K. Rowling. And I'm using an epic voice because we had kind of a fun intro. That's the music from Harry Potter. If you've ever seen the movie Harry Potter or seen such movies as 
Harry Potter or read such books as Harry Potter, you probably know who J.K. Rowling is, but you probably do not know the story behind the story. And Bean, why? And Because Bean, my, my daughter, I call her Bean. Her name is Havana Clark, but she will always be my bean. I will now, always be the bean. Always be the bean. Now, Bean, uh, why do you feel like, because you're you're 12 and you, you read all these books about historical significance. You read, I mean, give the Thrivers a little bit of an understanding of the plethora of books that you've read or uh, about uh, people of historical significance. What kind of people have you read about? Well, I've read about Milton Hershey, J.K. Rowling, um, tons of former presidents, just great variety. If I of say people. Rosa, you say last name what? Parks. Oh, if I say Abraham, last name what? Lincoln. Ooh, if I say Thomas, you say Jefferson. Oh, so you're reading all these books. When you read these books, you what 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 is, what is one of the things that you're discovering as you read these books? That's kind of a common theme with all of these people. As you and I attempt to fill the shoes of Dr. Robert Zellner, who's out expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire today. What are some of the the common things, the common denominators, the common threads that we've seen amongst all these books you've read? Well, many of the people had a very hard time, like when they were growing up, they had a lot of difficulty challenges in their lives. And it also usually took them a very long time to get to where they wanted to go. But they were always they always saw their vision and they always followed it and stayed on track. Have you ever read a book about somebody so far that has not had some adversity? No. What What, what are a couple, and I, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. What are some of the ones where you've read where you, maybe it's Milton Hershey, maybe it's Walt Disney. I mean, what's one where you read it and you're like, man, that was rough. I mean, what was one where you read it or a couple where you thought that was crazy? Well, um, uh. Oh, she's thinking. Walt Disney, he lost it all three times. Oh, well, so that well, was kind of crazy. Losing it all doesn't feel good. What about Milton Hershey? Had Milton Hershey? Did Milton Hershey have it on Easy Street? I mean, did he start off with a a candy bar empire? I mean, what what were some of the things that he went through? Do you remember offhand? I do not remember offhand, oh. but I do remember he did not have a large company. They were actually hand wrapping all the Hershey's Kisses. He would send a box to his mom every morning, and she would hand wrap them with him. And why do you think that I want you to read these books? What is wrong with me? Well, that way I know. Um, how these people got where they want to go so I can get there too. I don't want to like just be like, oh, the world is easy for these people and the world is hard for me. Mm. Now, for the thrivers out there that don't know what time I typically wake up, how would you describe when I wake up? I mean, if you, if you know, for people out there listening going, okay, okay, what's the stuff behind the stuff? What time am I typically waking up? Well, at one point it was one in the morning, but I think now it's probably about like four, probably four or five. Oh, okay. It's it's three, but you. Oh, you, okay. I was well, wrong. Oh, striking out! Unbelievable. Throw me under the bus there. Throw one strike. All right, one strike. Now we're talking about the slow cooked success of J.K. Rowling, and uh, she is obviously a lady who sold 400 million copies of her books. But at the her, 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 basically the, 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 the story starts where her mother was a lab technician and her, lab technician, and her dad worked at an aircraft engine plant, and she wrote her first book book about a rabbit named uh, a rabbit at the age of six and her mother praised the work and she thought to herself man maybe i should get that published well 1974 her family moved in 1980 her mother was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis bean do you remember from the book i mean what was going on at that point for her well um 
her mom was sick and she was very upset about that because she had been close with her mom and that was very upsetting for her so that was not exactly an easy time in her life she said here she said um she said this is jk rowling she said you couldn't give me anything to make me go back to being a teen teenager never no i hated it um then in 1983 she went to the university of exeter in 1990 she developed the character for harry potter while she was on a train that was being delayed from the Manchester um, well, she was basically riding a train in Manchester on the King's Cross station in London and the character is Harry Potter and uh, her mother basically died the same year she had this idea of Harry Potter and then her mother died and it was kind of like eh, B, do you remember anything from the book you want to share about that time and what was going on for her or how she felt at that point well that was very upsetting for her when her mother died and I don't know if it was exactly during that time. I think it was slightly later. But she actually considered suicide. She was, like, so upset. And she got depressed and a whole bunch of crazy things. So. Now, you, you go to Church on the Move, and uh, you're, uh, you're a Church on the Mover. You're, uh, you're I a little, am a Church on the Mover. You're a young whippersnapper. You're a, a Christian lady. You, you, you've you gone here to Camp oh, was it Camp Coconut over the weekend. There to camp the Canacuck. But you can still pronounce it wrong if that's what you want to do. <laughs> okay, so Camp Canacuck. And so now, why is is suicide bad from your perspective? Why is that not a good move? You're like ending your life. Like you have a great life ahead of you. You can make what you want out of your life. And you're just like, I'm just going to die. But what like, about for the is... thrivers out there who say, you know, I'm having a rough time. I mean, you, you've read all these books about all these people of historical significance. Um, would you would you tell the thrivers that maybe some of these people you've read about had it pretty rough? They did have it pretty rough. Some, some of them were like growing up on the streets and... I mean, it's not easy, but you got to have your goal and work towards it. If you just sit around and wait for people to give you what you want, you're not really going to get anywhere ever. Oh, oh, tough, tough love from the 12-year-old mind. It's really tough love. All right, so then she married this guy named George in Portugal in 1992. And in 1993, her daughter Jessica was born, and then she got a divorce and moved back to where she came from. So short-lived she, marriage. Short-lived marriage. Not good. Bean, do you have any advice there as your 12-year-old mind? Don't any? marry someone you hardly know. Oh, okay. So she was a single parent and was on the verge of suicide. And this is a notable quotable that she said. She says, an exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded, and I was jobless, a lone parent, and as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain. Without being homeless, by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. She said that during her address, her commencement ceremony speech in 2008 to Harvard University. So living in a cramped apartment with her daughter, jobless and penniless, rolling, rolling, not rolling, rolling fell into a deep depression and admits that she even considered suicide. She was forced to rely on the state benefits and spent much of her time riding Harry Potter in cafes with Jessica sleeping next to her. Now, Bean, if you're listening right now and, and you're thinking about your goals and where you want to go with your life, you've read so many books about people of historical, of historical significance. Have you ever read one of those books where somebody had success and didn't struggle for a while first? I am yet to read one of those books. You have yet to read one of those books? Yes, and even if there is someone out there that just got like handed a million dollars, uh, you can read up stories. They just spend it really quick, and then they go into depression. They just get sad, like nothing happens for them. So if you're listening right now, you are listening to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We're talking about the the story behind the story of J.K. Rowling's phenomenal success. Her seven years that it took her 
to take the idea of Harry Potter and to turn it into a viable book that actually got published. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. If you're looking for a business coach, and I know you are, go to thrivetimeshow.com and sign up for your one-on-one free consultation with a thrive15.com business coach. Until Until then, go to Oklahoma Joe's, buy some baked beans. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Clark, I'm the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, joined here typically with Dr. Robert Zellner. Uh, Dr. Robert Zellner is obviously the optometrist turned entrepreneur tycoon. Uh, he's actually gone from the optometry clinic to now owning an auto auction, to investing heavily in a bank, to owning A to Z Medical, to be involved in now in his brother's extermination business, to be involved in a lot of things. And he's doing well. He has a diagnostic sleep center. Uh, he's involved at Thrive15.com. He does a lot of things, and I'll tell you how he does it. He does it by being fruitful and then multiplying. But every business that he works in, he has to get it to a level of fruitfulness before he moves on to the next thing. And that's one of the things I admire so much about him is his ability to focus and to push through adversity because everybody has adversity. Everybody has challenges. Everybody goes through something. But so many people, when they're going through hell, they stop. And that can't be your story because if you're going through hell, you can't stop. You got to keep pushing. And uh, my, my incredible daughter, Havana, uh, she's 12 years old and she's the oldest member of the of the Clark clan. And uh, I was thinking to myself, who could fill the shoes of Dr. Robert Zellner? So I, I looked at his feet. I looked at his feet. I looked, I looked over to the left. I saw his feet and I made a mental note and I looked at my daughter's feet and I thought, wow, Havana could probably figuratively and maybe even literally fill the shoes of Dr. Robert Zellner for at least one show. So Havana, you're 12. You're my daughter. You're a great American. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I Well, I'm feeling great. You know, we're broadcasting today live from the man cave where we're always learning, earning, and burning, and that's an exciting thing. And you're back now. Finally, you're back from the camp. You're back from camp, uh, what was it, Camp Connecticut? Canicook. Uh, camp Coconut? Canacook. Oh, Canacook. Okay, now where it was in like kind of the mountainous region of Missouri. Was it kind of hills, mountains? Describe the the geography. Describe what it looked like for all the thrivers out there who've never been to Camp uh, Okamoji. There was a lot of hills and a lot of mountains and stuff. So I I was not used to that because here in Oklahoma, the mountain Turkey Mountain is like a sloping hill. So I mean, we don't we're not used to that here. Nice, nice. Now, what did you enjoy most about the camp? What what part of the camp was the most uh, enjoyable part? I liked uh, some of the really cool activities, like the zip line. So that was. Fun. Did you do a zip line? Yeah, I did a zip line. You risked your life and did a zip line without asking me. Well, I did not ask you. That's true. And I did do the um, four wheeler, but it was safe. So you know, this is one time where I can do the four wheeler. Nice. And did you enjoy your four wheeler experience? I did. And nice. it was safe, too. We didn't go on the, any of the crazy mountains. We just rode on a road, so that was safe. Okay, okay. So you're on the four-wheeler. You had a good time. You did the zip line. You had a good time. 
And, uh, you know, but you, you had to push through some adversity, I'm sure, at camp. So what was something you had to push through that was kind of a struggle, kind of a stress, kind of something you did not want to go through? Well, I missed everybody here. I mean, Mom will tell you I started crying. I was like, it's been so long. I started crying two minutes after you left the house. I just... <laughs> So I mean, I'm I'm just now emotionally we recovering. Crying. Yeah, we we missed you so much. You uh, uh uh next time you leave, just leave for like in ten minutes or so. So okay, you, you I'll, left. I'll keep that on my list. Now, when you're here though, when you're normally at Camp Clark in Chicken Palace, uh, one of the things that we encourage your twelve year old mind to do is to read books about people of historical significance. And one of those books is uh, you know, you've read the book about J.K. Rowling, which is what we're talking about today. A lady who was a, uh, she was a single mom. She re- was, was recently divorced. And it took her seven years to get her book published. Uh, Bean, you also, though, read a story, historical um, autobiographies about people or biographies, stories about people who have achieved success as entrepreneurs, business people, political figures, etc. And I was asking you uh, over the break, to kind of maybe share with the Thrivers some other examples that have stood out to you as you're reading just tons of uh, uh, biographies about successful entrepreneurs and leaders in the world uh, today, past and present. The, give us some examples of some people that really pushed through some adversity. Well, Helen Keller became blind when she was a toddler, about two to three years of age, I believe. And she could not see or hear. So, I mean, that, that was crazy because she couldn't hear anyone. She couldn't see anyone. So they, uh, her parents brought her a teacher because she was like, she just had a really bad attitude as being all difficult because, I mean, she couldn't see, she couldn't hear. So they got her a teacher and she learned how to spell words and she actually went to college. I believe she was the first blind woman to go to college. Mm. I believe blind and deaf. And um, she learned how to write, like, write with her hands, read with her hands. And do sign language and actually talk, not clearly, but she could actually talk to people. And so when you read Helen Keller, you read about her life. I mean, was your mind blo- just blown? You're going, hey, she's deaf, she's blind, and she's achieving all this success. Did it, did it blow your mind? Yeah, it was very amazing. Well, if you're listening right now and you are a thriver out there, I encourage you that no matter what adversity you're fighting through, no matter where you're at in life, you have the capacity and the tenacity to succeed but you've got to push past that level of, of comfort. I mean, you're, if you are pushing through rejection, if you're pushing through, I call it the no zone. Uh, being a, a so far, has Miss Tristy taught you a lot about the ozone? Uh, I don't know very much about that yet, actually. Okay, well, the ozone is this layer that, that protects, it basically helps... Um, uh, you know, scientists have discovered that the ozone basically helps keep keep out the harmful rays of the sun, that kind of thing. I know what you're talking about now. And it keeps the oxygen, you know, on, on the planet where it needs to be, and it makes us so we can breathe. We all don't suffocate. And the ozone is, you know, what surrounds the planet. It, it, it protects us. Well, there's this thing called the no zone, which prevents everybody from having success. It's where you want to have success. You believe strongly in your idea, and then the first time that you run into any adversity at all, you know, for the first time someone tells you no. You have this great idea to write this book, hypothetically speaking. You want to write this book called Harry Potter, and you get this, you have this idea to write this book, Harry Potter. You've been working so long on this character. You've been, you've been developing this character, and then somebody tells you no, and as soon as you hear no, 
you immediately retreat and you go, I don't want to push through the no zone. It's too tough. I can't handle the rejection. And you don't, you get stuck because you're unable to push through that adversity. But Bean, as you were reading J.K. Rowling's book, or J.K. Rowling, if you want to mispronounce it, J.K. Rowling, um, how much, I mean, do you remember her getting rejected? Did she get her book uh, published on the first time that she submitted her book to a publishing house, to a, to a publisher? Did she get her book published immediately? Or do you remember if she had to fight through any adversity there? She did not get it published immediately. I do not remember the exact amount of times, but I know she definitely wrote to more than one person and they did reject it the first couple times. And she actually said, she said, that she uh, pinned her rejection letters in her kitchen wall because it gave her something in common with her other favorite writers. But you, you understand this lady pushed through adversity for seven years. Seven years. Seven years. And then eventually she finally got her book published and now she's sold. Some, some reports are saying $400 million, Some are saying $450 million. But she's doing well. And I'm just asking you if you're listening right now, what is the thing that you want, and how many rejections are you willing to push through? So, Ben, we're going to talk about chickens for a minute. You, you, you have some chickens. You raise some chickens. Yes, we do have chickens. And uh, we've had some chickens that have been eaten by the dark force, by the dark lords, known as the raccoons. Oh, yeah. They're, they're out there trying to eat our chickens. And how many times have you had a chicken die where you go, oh, my gosh, and it just sucks your soul, and you want to cry, and it blows your mind, and you feel awful? About 50 times because we had like 50 chickens at one point and all of them are eaten except for one. And we've only had three ch chickens died just from dying. Everybody else has been eaten. So Okay, and you won't let me kill the raccoons, is that correct? Yes, because they don't know that they're not trying to ruin our lives. They're just If I were to kill there. the raccoons, do you understand that less chickens would die? I understand that, but I mean. So three chickens would, three, three raccoons would die. In exchange for the lives of the fifty-something chickens, you're not. You're but not the up. raccoons would all come back because there's other raccoons that would take their place. Oh, and I'm going to kill them all. It's but, like okay, on the battlefield. But you will let me do it. You will let me do it. Okay, I, I, will I get not. it. I get it. Okay, so but you've had to push through, right? I mean, it, it, sometimes you're sad. You don't feel good about it. What do you tell yourself during those times where the chickens die and you're going, "Oh, why did it kill my favorite chicken?" What do you do? Because it's happened a few times. Well, actually, I started saving up for the ultimate coop, which is like super protective. Super cool. Makes it a lot easier to care for them. You don't have to let them out so they won't get eaten, but they still have space. So we actually just purchased that and we're waiting for it to come in uh, so we can put it all together. But that's How what much I did. does the ultimate coop cost? I think it was like $4,000. $4,000 for the ultimate coop? Yeah, so I'm splitting the cost with mom. Mm, okay, okay. So mom, a.k.a. dad and mom. Okay, so you're... you're <laughs> yes, you and, and how do you earn your money? What do you do? I clean the office and I write book reports. Unbelievable. So if you're listening right now, Thrive Nation, and the raccoons are eating your chickens, and you find yourself in a position where you feel like you just want the raccoons to stop killing your babies, then you have a couple options. Either one, you could give up and quit, or two, you could persevere. You could push through the pain, and that's what I encourage every single person to do right here on the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. Stay tuned. More about fighting through adversity. And welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year. 
And as always, I am typically joined here with Dr. Robert Zellner. But uh, today, our optometrist turned, uh, you know, wannabe business coach. He is uh, expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire. And so he cannot be here with us today. And so I had to look around. I had to assess the situation. And I had to figure out who could possibly fill the shoes of Dr. Robert Zellner. Who could we possibly think of? And so I looked to my left. I look to my right, I assess the shoe size of uh, uh, my daughter's shoes, and I look at his shoe size, and I realize, Havana, what size, what size shoe do you wear in terms of female shoes? What size shoes do you wear at this point? About a seven. A seven. I realized that Dr. Z is probably wearing a male size nine, and I realized she could probably feel, feel at least two-thirds of his shoes. And so, If I just put on extra socks, I'm good. You're good. And yes, yeah, right. And so and today on the Thrive Time Show on your radio, I'm going to feature my incredible daughter, on the radio show, and we are talking about the unlikely success, the slow-cooked success, and the history of J.K. Rowling. Now, Havana, is it rolling or rallying? Many people listening right now say, is it rolling or rallying? She's the lady who wrote the uh, the uh, books um, there, the Harry, the Harry Potter book series. Is it rolling or rallying? It is rolling. But if I want to mispronounce it, I can say rallying. True. If you want to mispronounce it, I'm not going to stop you. Nice. Okay, and you just returned from Camp uh, Connecticut, or is it Camp uh, a Camp uh, uh, Coconut? What was the camp that you just returned from? Camp Canacook. Nice. Okay, Camp Canacook. And so we're talking today about how she did it. Now, J.K. Rowling had to J.K. Rowling. Whoa, whoa. J.K. Rowling had to push through seven years of rejection and adversity to get where she where she wanted to go. Seven years. And so if you're listening right now and your business is struggling to have some success, you're struggling to to be able to achieve your goals, don't feel alone. You know, I I just want to encourage you, Square was started in 2009 and did not make a profit. Drivers, it did not make a profit until 2015. That is six years. These guys lost $100 million in their first for years. You know, FedEx began in the mind of Mr. Frederick W. Smith in 1962 and did not make a profit until 1971. That's nine years. Nine years. It's an unbelievable, it's a vast amount of time. If you think about this, think about Amazon. They started in 1994 and he didn't make a profit until, oh no, oh no, no, no. You know, in 1999, he started in 1994 and in 1999, the guy lost $719 million dollars he actually didn't make a profit until 200 to, or until 2003 could you imagine what it would be like to have started a company in 1994 and they say uh so jeff uh how are we doing it's 1999 and you've lost 719 million dollars so many of us have struggled our way to success but yet we never talk about it we always celebrate success we always say success look they just won the olympics they just won the marathon but no one wants to talk about the adversity that most people had to push through to get there and so my incredible daughter she's 12 and i always encourage her i encourage the kids and specifically her to read stories about people of historical significance people who've gone on to change the world to improve the planet to make the world a better place and but they, they do that by reading biographies what we know autobiographies and biographies specifically Havana reads a lot of biographies that you can find at Barnes and Noble and Havana I would like for you to share with us because you you are a, a of a 12 year old mind but you have the soul of a 35 year old well, tell you. us oh yeah oh yeah and it's a good thing by the way <laughs> A 35-year-old soul is a good thing to have. So I want to ask you, 
What are some of the biographies that you've read? What are some of the stories that stick with you about someone who's now known as being successful, who actually went through a time where it was stressful, a time where they got pushed back, a time where everyone said they couldn't do it? Give us some examples. Well, Albert Einstein, actually, when he was in school, even though he was a genius, when he went to high school, he hated it because everyone said that he was bad at school. They didn't like the way he learned. And so his uh, principal was talking to his dad one time, and his dad asked him, what should my son do when he grows up? And the principal said, it doesn't even matter. Albert will never make a success out of um, anything that he does. And so Albert will never what? Never be successful at anything he does. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's what they said, basically. And this is Albert Einstein, who is, you know, uh, now, I mean, if you... Uh, to Google, if you had a chance to Google Albert on your smartphone or, you know, maybe you get a chance to Google him on your computer, uh, allegedly Albert Einstein went to went on to introduce the atomic bomb to the American military. Do you understand we'd all be speaking German right now? No disrespect for all the Germans out there, but I have a German ancestry as well. We'd all be speaking German or Japanese. We would have been taken over if it wasn't for Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein is the guy who said, hey, I realize they're significantly ahead of us in the arms race to produce nuclear weapons, but we can do it, and this is how we do it. He lobbied to get Robert Oppenheimer on the project, which is how we created the atom bomb, which allowed us to win the war. Albert Einstein is basically pseudo-responsible for us being free. If he did not tell the United States government, listen, the Germans are ahead of us, and this is what we can do to also create a nuclear weapon ahead of them, but for them, then we would probably have lost that war, and he was told, what was he told again, Havana? What was he told my incredible 12-year-old daughter who's read the stories of Albert Einstein? What was he told again? He was told that he would never be successful at anything he did and by his principal. By his principal, principal of the of the school he went to. Yes. Ah, uh, that sounds very encouraging. So then he went on to, you know, start to become successful, become a noted scientist. And then what happened, Havana? Well, he moved to another country because he had been living in Germany and it wasn't safe. And they actually printed a book. The Germans did, and it said "Not yet hanged," and it was a picture of him on the book. So then he had to move to the United States to escape being killed by the Nazis. And when you read that, what were you thinking through your childlike mind? Well, I was like, the poor guy. I mean, he's like just trying to live and these people are running around trying to kill him. But I mean, he escaped. So luckily he didn't die or anything. But that's got to be rough. Like, think you're at the library and then one day you pick up this book and it's like a picture of you. And they're like, we're trying to kill you. Like, not be too fun. Now, I mean, could you imagine what it would feel like to be hunted and to want to be killed by an entire country i mean could you imagine what that would feel like to be hunted being what, what, what would you be thinking if someone was wanting to hunt you down wanting to kill you saw it on a book cover how would you feel i'd be like i'm gonna go live underground and bring all my chickens down there and we're gonna be living in our underground chicken palace that's what i would do nice and so but he pushed through he, he pushed did. through and as you've read these books is there any other book you've read where you say you know what dad i've read a lot of these biographies i know you're trying to get me to understand this common principle and concept, but are there any any other books or stories that come to your to your mind that you say that right there is an example of someone pushing through adversity? No, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but I believe it's Marie Curie. Yep, she um actually she discovered like a type of chemical, and she was studying it so much, but she didn't realize it was actually poisoning her, and mm. so she ended up dying. But like 
she at least found out the whole deal. So she kept pushing forward. And a lot of her family members died and things like that. But, I mean, like, her husband died and crazy things like that. But, like, she she did what she was going for. She wanted to learn about this thing, and she, she learned about it. Now, for all the thrivers out there who are listening, Bean, a lot of them don't get a chance to live in the house with me. You know, They get a chance to hang, hang out with me, be around me. Probably, a lot of them don't want to be around me. But what would you say? Well, I mean, how would you describe how hard I work if to somebody who's listening who's like, well, you know, I work about 35 hours a week. You know, I get there at nine. I typically leave at five. How would you describe what I do? Well, that bothers you if people are not working very much because you know that you have to work hard and um, you get up every morning at like three, you go do your work, you do your work early so that you can still hang out with us because mm. I mean, if you didn't do that, we wouldn't really get a whole bunch of time together. Uh. So you prioritize family. You prioritize work so you have your goals all set in place and you have your to-do list. You get everything done family-wise and uh, work-wise. So if for anybody who's listening right now, Bean, you've read a ton of biographies because you're a, an incredible 12-year-old human. And in living in the Clark house, you get paid per report that you read. For every biography you read about somebody of historical significance, um, you read these books. So how, I mean, how many of you read at this point? Have you read 7, 10 27, 32. How many uh, biographies do you think you've read at this point? Well, probably of the Who Was in Slash Who Is series, I've probably read about 30, I'm assuming. 30. And and as you think about all of them, just kind of put it in your brain. Here we go. Thinking about the 30, thinking about the ones you've read, thinking about Rosa Parks, thinking about Abraham Lincoln, thinking about uh, Hershey, thinking about all of the Thomas Edison, thinking about Henry Ford, think about Spielberg, whoever you've read. Is there anybody in particular, George Lucas, uh, anybody in particular, Oprah Winfrey, anybody in particular that you've read about George Washington that you think, wow, that right there is a game changer. I w- I'm so glad I know that. Well, I think it was it's like really interesting for people like Rosa Parks. Like they did something that seems small now, but it changed the course of history, and it was very difficult. Also, like Nelson Mandela. He was in jail for, I, I'm not exactly sure, I think it was about 10 years or something crazy, 10 or 17. Yeah, Nelson Mandela was in jail for a long amount of time. What did he do? Well, he was the first African-American to become like president of Africa, like the first native African, I guess. Unbelievable. And, and he was in prison for how long? I mean, for, for years. Yeah, long, long, long time. And when you read that, what were you thinking? Well, I felt really bad for him because, I mean, he spent a lot of his life in jail and he was only doing the right thing. He didn't hurt anyone. He was fighting for people's beliefs, but he ended up helping people get to where they need to be. He improved the quality of life for hundreds of people. Now, being thousands, you go to a church on the move on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Why do you like that place? I like it because they have mojo. They're really nice. I love the worship services. I like all the people there. Just a nice place to be. When you say they have mojo, what do you mean by mojo? They always have music playing when you're there. There's a whole bunch of nice people. They go and greet you at the door, and they're all holding up signs that say, Welcome to 180. So you go in there, and then they're always like, Oh, how are you? And you're like, Okay, I'm fine. And then they always try to like introduce new people to people that have been going there for a while. It's inviting. The worship services are great. You know they really believe what they're singing, which is great because some people like are half-heartedly up there, and you're just like, please get off the stage. So one of the things they teach at 180, though, is the Bible. It's true, they do. And in the Bible, there's a verse from Matthew 5, 10. Bean, are you familiar with this verse? 
I believe I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna educate anybody out there who maybe is not is in tuned to Matthew five ten as as you know maybe maybe you need a refresher. Matthew five ten says, "Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." And what that means is, if you're listening right now and you're going through some adversity and you're being persecuted, that's okay because you are blessed. That means you're going to inherit inherit the kingdom of heaven. And if you have a business idea, you want to start a company, you're going to have to go through the rough patches. But if you want to learn from mentorship and not from mistakes exclusively, I encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your one-on-one assessment with a thrive15.com business coach. We can help you prevent the uh, you know, running through the, 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 the predictable issues that most business owners incur. We can help you optimize your website. We can help you get to the top of Google. We can help you uh, uh, create a solid brand. We can help you with your marketing, your print pieces, your graphic design. Everything you need to know to start or grow a successful business is all available through our one-on-one business coach program. My name is Clay Clark. That is my incredible daughter, Havana Clark. When we come back after the break, we're going to be talking to you more about how to become successful and how to push through the predictable struggles that every entrepreneur will have, including J.K. Rowling, who is the author of the Harry Potter book series. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. Buy all of the things I never had I wanna be on the cover of Forbes magazine Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year. If you're just tuning in, you want to go to thrivetimeshow.com and sign up for the podcast version of this broadcast so you never miss an episode. We've had my daughter on the first five segments of the Thrive Time Show today because we're trying to find somebody who can fill in for the incredible shoes of Dr. Robert Zellner as he's out uh, expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire. Um, But uh, my daughter now has to go on to do daughter things because she is a kid and she's matriculating, she's learning, she's uh, being educated, and really I don't want to screw that up. And so she's back off to doing what uh, 12-year-old girls do. Uh, One of those activities that she's doing is making sure that she avoids any physical interaction with boys. Uh, that's just one thing. On, for, for, if you're listening right now here and you're, and you're a lady, um, I, I just want to apologize on behalf of all mankind. Um, I think that uh, uh, you you ladies are virtuous uh, creatures, and uh, we, we men, uh, we try to screw things up a lot. So again, on behalf of all the men out there, I just want to apologize to all the ladies. Ladies, uh, just try to avoid men. I think I think a good tip I would give my daughter right now, she's 12, is you really don't want to get married until about 37 uh, or 47, something, somewhere in that range, uh, maybe 57. Those are good ages to get, get married. But uh, we're, today we're talking about J.K. Rowling and her unlikely success, and specifically the the, the steps that she had to take to have have success. Um, because I think a lot of people look at the the uh, Harry Potter series and go, wow, you know, she sold over 400 million copies of the book. Wow, you know, this lady's a billionaire. Wow, but people don't realize what she went through. Um, and if you missed the earlier segments, I mean, here she is, she's a single mother, 
And, uh, you know, she just got a divorce. Um, she's raising her kids. She's on government assistance. And she starts, she, she writes for seven years trying to get her book published. Seven years. And so what she did is she decided that she had three, the first three chapters of her book were pretty good. So she puts those in a, in a plastic cover and she sends those off to agents. And basically, if the agent would like like the first three chapters or so, then they'll eventually, then her theory was, hey, she'll send the rest of the book. Well, the reason why you'd want an agent is because an agent is somebody who sells the books to publishers uh, for authors. Basically, these agents have a contract with a publishing company that the, the, that the writers themselves don't have. So if you have a book you want to write, you wrote a book, and you want to get it published, like you want to find your book at, at uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, you more than likely need an agent. And so she knew she had a lot better chance of getting her book uh, you know, sold if she had an agent. So she only knew uh, uh, just a few uh, people to even send it to. So at first, she sends it to the first uh, uh, person that she could think of, and she sends it out there, and the book gets rejected. Um, and then another book gets rejected. But she did something different than I think most people would do right there. When her book got rejected, she didn't get all emotional about it. She didn't get all, uh, maybe, maybe she did get emotional, but she, she, she got emotional in, in, in a positive way. She didn't get emotional in a negative way. She didn't stop activity because of rejection. You know, so many of us, we want to have huge success. We want to have success. We want to have the billionaire dream, the millionaire dream. We put a bias on the idea. Oh, my gosh, I have this great idea. <laughs> this idea, this idea right here. This is, the, this is the magic idea. But the first time that we encounter any type of rejection at all, most people retreat. They just, they just can't handle it. And so what we do is we, we stop. It's called the no zone. And most people are unwilling to push through the no zone. And, and I'll just give an example from my own life. Um, I know just meeting Dr. Zellner. You know, my wife was the front desk lady uh, for him at the time, uh, one of the front desk people. And then she was a test prepper when she would blow a puff of air into your eye to help dilate the pupil uh, so you'd be ready for your exam. And, uh, you know, she worked there. And I wanted to meet Dr. Zellner. I wanted to take him out for lunch. I think everybody uh, in Tulsa who's an aspiring entrepreneur, I think there's a lot of people who want to meet the guy, uh, talk to him, uh, pick his brain. Well, the problem is if you're Dr. Zellner and you let everybody who wants to uh, pick your brain, and I'm not exaggerating, the guy would probably have 100 lunches a, a week. Uh, there's so many people that email us to info at thrive15.com or will text in. 918-851-6920, where the idea is you can text in a question. You, know, you, can, you can text in your question to 918-851-6920, or you can email us at info at thrive15.com, any business question that you have, and we'll answer it right here on the air. But so many people will email and say, hey, could I, I'd like to just meet Dr. Zellner for lunch if that's cool. And he wants to do that, but he can't because he has his own family and his own businesses. And so uh, every time I would ask to meet the guy for lunch, I would be told, uh, no, you, you, you can't do it. Uh, we, we want to, we'd love to help you. We'd love to have you do it, but you can't because he's already busy. And so I was just very persistent. And eventually I found out that uh, he likes to eat at Ruby Tuesdays. <clears throat> Excuse me. That he likes to eat lunch at Ruby Tuesdays and that uh, uh, I could meet him for lunch because something canceled. And so something canceled. I got the meeting with him for lunch and the rest is history. But I had to stay persistent. And I don't have any idea how many times I asked uh, to meet him for lunch, but uh, we'll say that it was more than a, more than ten, and almost enough to probably get a restraining order against me. But uh, so anyway, she sends off her books to multiple agents, and they're just telling her no. So she takes one of the rejection letters, and she puts it in the kitchen. Uh, she puts it up in the kitchen, so she always will see that rejection letter because she wanted to have something in common 
with many of the famous authors out there who had also been rejected. And so she just keeps sending it out, sending it out, sending it out. And eventually her manuscript lands into the slush pile of the agency of Christopher Little. Um, where, where Christopher Little was, is uh, um, an, an agent. And the slush pile is kind of like a pile where you put um, books that or manuscripts that uh, you haven't approved and you haven't rejected. But it's kind of like if you have some downtime, you go back to that list. It's kind of like the junk drawer for, uh, uh, you know, for agents, that kind of thing. So anyway, so Christopher, he's going to another meeting uh, and uh, apparently he's heading to meet somebody for lunch. And the guy who is, he's supposed to meet or the lady he's supposed to meet is running late. So he pulls out the manuscript and he starts reading it. And uh, as he's reading it, he finds himself getting totally sucked into the world of the Hogwarts, uh, the now legendary you know, Harry Potter series. So when he gets back to the office, he sent um, a letter uh, and in it, he thanked her for sending the story and said he was eager to sell it. So when uh, you can imagine what it would be like to be uh, J.K. Rowling and to have received a letter from an agent. She just couldn't believe it. She said it was the greatest, you know, the greatest two sentences, uh, you know, she's ever read. I mean, she said it was just a game changer for her. So she basically at that point stopped teaching French and got right back to writing the Harry Potter series full time because she realized that she had to devote the time now full time. And I think somebody listening right now, you're on that uh, on that precipice where you've sold your product to a few people and you're starting to get some success and you're unsure of when to jump in full time. You know, you you know, somebody likes your idea enough to buy it. They like your product enough to buy it. They like your service enough to buy it. But you need uh, to know when is the time to jump in full time. You know, when is the moment where you should uh, go all in? When should you burn the boats? And if that is a question you have and you want to know the steps to becoming a full-time self-employed person, I would encourage you to book your tickets for our next in-person next in-person uh, workshop. Again, I encourage you to book your tickets for the next in-person workshop. And you can find those at thrivetimeshow.com. That's thrivetimeshow.com. Unfortunately, we're sold out for June, but the July workshop is going to be a game changer. So I encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for the next in-person Thrive Time workshop where we can teach you how to turn your ideas into reality. We're talking about J.K. Rowling and her unlikely path to success. She's the lady who wrote the Harry Potter book series, hence the Harry Potter intro and outro music today. Well, hello, Thrive Nation, and welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and I'm filling in today for Dr. Robert Zellner, who typically joins me inside the box that rocks, but I have to attempt to fill his incredibly big shoes alone today. So bear with me, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun here together. So just make sure that you don't uh, you have too much fun. We don't have too much fun when the boss is out. When the boss gets back, we want to make sure. We don't want it to feel like a substitute teacher kind of culture where as soon as the main teacher leaves, people are throwing spitballs and calling in sick and running around half naked. We don't want that to happen. What we want to do is we want to have a respectable show while Dr. Robert Zellner is out. And so we're talking today about the unlikely success of J.K. Rowling. Who's J.K. Who's Rowling? Who's J.K. Rowling? Why is it so hard for me to say J.K. Rowling? Well, J.K. Rowling is the best-selling author uh, of all time. Uh, she's sold over 400 million copies of her book, uh, of her books, the Harry Potter book series. But before that, before she became successful, she was actually a single mother 
uh, you know, raising her kids. She'd gone through a divorce, and she was trying to raise her kids. She was on assistance uh, living over there in, in uh, England, and she struggled. And so she wrote this book, and for seven years, she struggled. I say seven. This is not like a random number that I'm pulling out of the air. I mean, she really did work on getting her book out there for seven years. And so after dreaming for years and years about uh, just being published and what that would feel like, when she finally did get uh, a, a letter of affirmation and a letter of confirmation from Christopher Little, one of the people who received her manuscript, telling her what, she, he, Christopher Little was the agent who received, one of the agents who received her manuscript and said that it's going to work. And so he let her know that not only was it going to work, but they're going to auction it in the United States. And so she was confused saying, well, wh- don't you just auction off like paintings or, or jewelry or, or cars at Dr. Z's auto auction? At auctions, um, she thought people would just call it the prices, they pay for things, and, and she couldn't understand how someone could be bidding on her story. Well, uh, Little, uh, Christopher Little, the agent, explained to her there were publishers in America that were very interested in the Harry Potter series, very interested. So they were so interested that they were competing with one another to buy it. Um, each publisher trying to top the other's bid. And just like, uh, other, uh, you know, uh, just like other auctions you've been to, maybe like an art gallery or uh, where people can bid higher and higher and higher, it's not a desperation move. And so um, they ended up uh, uh, taking the, the book to auction, and a gentleman bought the book uh, by the name of Arthur A. Levine and uh, for over $100,000. He bought it for $100,000. And so she was a little scared because she's going, okay, this guy just put $100,000 into buying the rights to my book, and I'm a first-time author. But Levine loved the book so much he thought it would do well in America because he said the idea of feeling underappreciated or feeling like an outcast, um, th- that's something that most people can relate to on either side of the pond. He loved the story, and he felt like everyone could totally relate to it if they just got their hands on it. So with some of the new money she got, I mean, she had tons of money at this point. She received $100,000, right? So what would she do? She went out and bought herself a coat, a coat. And I think a lot of us listening right now, um, you're working super hard and you're working, you're burning the candle at both ends. Um, You're getting up early. You're staying up late, trying to start that that business on the side. And all you want to do is buy a new coat. And that's what J.K. Rowling did. She bought a new coat. And then in, in June of 1997, Harry Potter and the, and the Philosopher's Stone uh, was published in the United Kingdom. Bloomsbury had asked uh, Joe if she could actually use their initial, her initials instead of her name on the book. So let me explain this to you. Uh, J.K. Rowling was known by her friends and family as Joe. And uh, she thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put my name on the book because, you know, I'm the author of the book. I mean, I just put my name on the book because that's typically kind of the move, right? Well, what happened was is that people were concerned that boys would not buy the book because it had a, a woman uh, author on it. I mean, and because it was a woman author, they thought, how could somebody possibly, how could a young boy possibly want to read this book if it had a woman author? I don't quite understand the logic, but apparently there's people that know more than I know. And so she didn't have a middle name, so she gave herself one, Kathleen, after her grandmother, hence J.K. Rowling. And uh, Bloomsbury, basically at that point, they, they started marketing the book, and it took off. It was a huge hit. School children love the books, and, are, and their parents love that their kids love to read. And so they were hungering for another book. And well, she'd already written the other book. And so in July of 1998, her next book came out, and the book began to become like a, a cult 
favorite. I mean, it was kind of like an iconic book that uh, kids were just firing through these massive books, just dominating uh, the content, just reading, reading, reading. Kids who wouldn't want to read all of a sudden started reading. You know, they're wanting to read more. And so if you're a parent and your kid likes to read, a lot of people thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and get the kids the next book. Well, then in October of 1998, uh, J.K. Rowling traveled to the United States for the first time for a 10-day book tour. So she's gone there for a 10-day book tour, and when she's out, she's discovering that people um, all across America already owned the book because they've purchased it on the internet. So people in America were buying the book off of the internet, even though it hadn't been in American bookstores yet. And it was starting to develop kind of a occult uh, word of mouth following. You know, kids were wanting to get their hands on the book, and uh, they were waiting. They were waiting for it to hit uh, to come out at the bookstores. And so if you'll remember, I mean, there were thousands of people sometimes lined up at bookstores waiting to get their hands on her book. But, you, but that's, that's the part where usually the media picks up right there. That's usually when, when the average person starts paying attention is right at the time where people start cheering. You know, um, as an example, um, I recently uh, was asked to write for Forbes. So I write for Forbes magazine. And as a business coach, um, you know, your entire focus is, is doing just that, what? Working as a business coach, helping clients grow their business. And so in Tulsa, you know, we, we work with Morrow and Lye uh, Pediatric Dentistry. We help those guys. Um, we work with Kirkpatrick and Lye, the orthodontist in town. Um, we used to work with Innovations Dentistry. Uh, the, 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 the success stories are everywhere. I mean, we've worked with Barbie Cookies. We've worked with the Tulsa Oilers. We work with Tip Top Canine. I could go on and on, but we've built the largest wedding photography company on the planet. Uh, we have a very thriving men's grooming lounge called the Elephant in the Room. Um, Dr. Robert Zellner Associates, his business is rocking. His auto auction is rocking. I mean, every one of the businesses is now starting to um, get to that exponential level, or it's already there, where we've sown the seeds, and now they're doing well. But at the very start of the show, we started talking to you about some of the examples because I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to look at our success and say, oh my gosh, it's totally impossible. Well, two things you need to understand here is one, it is absolutely possible for you to have the amount of success that Dr. Zellner and I have had. However, I will tell you that every single successful person I've ever met has had some kind of mentor or somebody who's helped show them the way. And that was the big thing for J.K. Rowling is once she finally had an agent, she had somebody to show her the way. And in her case, it was Christopher Little. And Christopher Little's the one who helped her uh, finish her book. Is he as good of a writer as her? No. Is he a better writer than her? No. But what did Christopher Little do? Christopher Little took her book that she'd been working on for seven years and got it in front of the book publishers, who at that point advised her to change her name on the cover of the book, to change the title of it a little bit, to add certain artwork, and bada-bing, bada-boom. And I believe somebody listening right now, you're just one business coach away from turning your big dreams into reality. So how do you bridge the gap? Go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for the next in-person Thrive Time Show workshop. It's two days, it's 15 hours of power, and I promise you it is a life changer for so many people. Again, it's the Thrive Time Show. It is an unbelievable opportunity for you to learn what you need to learn to start or grow a successful business. Don't miss out. Go to thrivetimeshow.com, book your tickets. I'm a business coach. You're a great American. We'll be back after the break. All right. 
right, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Kind of a mysterious intro music here. Uh, Dr. Robert Zellner is out today expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire, as he often does. And so I am going to teach you some of the things that the wizard would teach you should he be here. Today's entire show is focused on teaching you how to push through adversity and to recognize the likelihood and the truth behind slow-cooked success. And on a broader context, we're looking at the life of J.K. Rowling. So J.K. Rowling was a single mom. If that's you and you're listening right now and you're a single mom, check that box. Check. If you're a single dad, check that box. She was raising a child while on government assistance. If that's you, check that box. Then she wrote this book. If you have a new idea, if you have a new idea, a new invention, a new concept, a new restaurant idea, a new idea for a service or a product, check that box. But here's where, where maybe a lot of people won't check this next box. She worked on her book for seven years before she sold the book. I, I want to repeat that. I'm going to repeat it farther away from the microphone, maybe so nobody gets blown out here. But I want you to take notes on this. I want you to write down right now, how long are you willing to commit to your idea? How long? Because she worked on it for seven years, seven years, seven years, seven years, seven, 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 seven years. That's a long time to be working on a book. And I encourage you that that's about how long it's going to take you. Because fun fact, Square, you know, Square, they help you use, uh, they help you swipe credit cards. It's a little thing you plug into your phone that makes it possible to swipe a credit card on your phone. That thing was started in 2009. And those homies didn't make any money. They lost money until 2015. That is how many years? Six years. They lost over $100 million in six years. You know FedEx, Fred Smith? Fred Smith, you know FedEx, they, uh, you, know, you can set your watch by it or something. Those guys, the, the, the delivery people, he started that a business idea in 1962. And it wasn't until 1975 until he made a profit. Did you know that? You know, Jeff Bezos had the idea to start Amazon in 1994, and in 1999, in 1999, my friends, in 1999, despite having revenues of $1.6 billion, they lost $719 million. What? Jeff Bezos, Amazon lost $719 million after having been in business for five years? Yes. And why am I saying that to you? Because it's all about slow cooked success. Do you know Tesla? Tesla didn't make a profit between 2003 and 2013. The great Elon Musk did not make a profit between 2003 and 2013. And I'm asking you, what's your journey? What are you willing to push through? What are you willing to, to sacrifice to get to your goals? Because I know you can do it, but you just can't stop. It's called the no zone. And you're going to need at least 100 rejections, 100 no's before you get a yes. And even once you start to have some success, in the case of J.K. Rowling, by 2001, her book was a worldwide phenomenon. It took her seven years, though, seven years to get published. Her book's taken off. She has four books in the series that had already been published by 2001. So in 2001, there's four of her books that have been published. And then when the new books would come out, people would have big parties. They would celebrate. They would cheer. Kids would wait in line for hours. However... However, her book was known as an opt-out book because many people, for religious reasons, didn't want their kids to read the book. And so even though her book was gaining worldwide fame, many parents would not allow their kids to read the book. And so even though you know there was rumblings about, oh my gosh, this is the most popular fantasy book out there, we should probably turn it into a movie, there was some resistance 
um, some heavy resistance from families who did not want um, the movie to be made. And then, then people wanted the movie to have American actors. However, she's you know English, she's British, and she wanted the actors to be played by uh, you know people that are from England. She wanted the movie to have the she wanted the the, the characters to sound like they're from England. So there's a lot of adversity she pushed through. And then nobody, no studio would pick up the book. They were just like, you know, we like the book, but we don't want to turn it into a movie. It'd be hard to do. But finally, Warner Brothers, they took a chance on the, the, the movie. They decided, you know what, let's do it. And so the movie version of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone premiered in November of 2001. And it was a hit, baby, baby. American audiences absolutely had zero trouble accepting the British cast. And the movie began to take off. And now we know it as the success that it is, but look, think about the adversity that she had to push through to get there. Seven years. You know, she actually contemplated suicide at one point because things got so tough. And so to make your life a little easier as a Thrive Nation, I, wanted, I made a list today of entrepreneurs who were actually um, homeless or pseudo-homeless before having their big success. And so here's, here's one example. Uh, you know, James Cameron, this is the guy who uh, introduced Titanic, the Avatar movie, well, he also wrote The Terminator, and he was barely making ends meet. He was actually living in a car at the time that Terminator was finally uh, purchased. Do you know that? He sold the rights to the movie for a dollar. He sold the rights to the screenplay for a dollar so that he could direct it. He was so committed to the idea. He sold it for a dollar. Do you understand that? The movie went on to sell 700, or sorry, it used to, went on to sell $77 million of uh, sales worldwide but he sold the rights to it for a dollar and he was living at in a, in a car at the time that he finally got signed you know jim carrey uh, i was once uh, named by entrepreneur or no it was by uh, yahoo uh, finance they said i was the jim carrey of entrepreneurship but i'm not quite sure what that means but um he talks about in his biography that he dropped out of high school and lived in a volkswagen bus and he and his family would park throughout all different places throughout canada and that's how he was raised. I mean, and he used to do comedy as a way to make his mother laugh because that was that was the only thing that that he could do. You know, he felt desperate. His mother was crying all the time, and so he turned to humor as a way to lighten the mood. But now he's the the, the big success story. You know, what about uh, Doctor Phil? You know, Doctor Phil uh, apparently was homeless at the age of twelve. Did you know that he was tw he was homeless at the age of twelve? Now, he went on, obviously, to get his bachelor's and his master's degree and to get his Ph.D., and Oprah in the 1990s would invite him to appear on her show because of his persistence, but not because of his skill, but because of his persistence. Persistence is that powerful insistence that you are not going to stop until you get what you want. And if you don't have that kind of seven-year persistence, you're just not going to have success as an entrepreneur. So many entrepreneurs talk about, oh, I don't see, I don't feel any momentum, you know, I feel, I feel kind of stressed out, you know, because I've been trying to sell my idea for two years. Oh my gosh, I've been trying to work on my idea for three years. No, listen, I have pushed through the pain. You got to push through the pain. We all have to do it. If you're not willing to push through the trouble, the trials and the tribulation, if you're not willing to be like Elon Musk and fight from 2003 to 2013, you, for your idea, I mean, just to get Tesla profitable from 2003 to 2013, they made no money. You're not going to have success. And there's one great song that talks about the path to success, and it's Tracy Chapman's song called Fast Car. And Justin Bieber did a, a, a cover of the song, and I thought he captured the emotion of it, and it's all about uh, getting in a car 
in making the decision to do something with your life, moving away from where you currently are and investing in yourself, believing that you can make it. So I'm going to play the song for you. Marinate on the lyrics. It's Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. I gotta take it to anywhere Maybe we can make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me and myself, I got nothing to lose Me and myself, I got nothing to lose If that's you, here we go, crank it up See, my old man's got a problem Lives by the bottle, that's the way it is I said, body's too old for working Body's too young to look like this My mama went off and left him She wanted more than life than he could give I said, somebody's gotta take care of him So I quit school, that's what I did Here we go If that's you, so you can do it remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk City lights way out before And your arms are wrapped right around my shoulder And I, I Had a feeling that I belonged And I, I Had a feeling I could be someone Be someone Be someone I have a feeling you could be someone You can do it You know, Thrive Nation, I don't care who you are I don't care where you're coming from I don't care what adversity you've had to fight through I know that you can do it so many people look at Oprah and they celebrate her. But do you know that Oprah was repeatedly raped as a young kid? Did you know that? Did you know Oprah had a miscarriage? Did you know that Oprah grew up poor? Did you know that? Did you know how many successful entrepreneurs started with nothing? Well, I want to encourage you. I, I, I know that if I can do it, I know that you can do it too. And I know that we have the tools that you need to do it. We have the tools, the techniques the systems, the secrets, the best practices. I, I, we have the tools that you need to start or grow a successful company. And all, and all you need to do is take the first step, go to thrivetimeshow.com, just watch the testimonials, see people just like you who turn their dreams into reality. And we want to see you at our next in-person workshop. My name is Clay Clark. That's the story of J.K. Rowling. And until next time, I want you to be successful. You can do it. Push through the adversity. It's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show on your radio.